see you this morning. Doodle Bible School. Look at us. Here we are all together. My lighting seems to be a little weird here. Does that, that seem a little funky to you? How's that? Is that any better? I don't know. Eh, it's okay. Doodle Bibles, because we like to doodle. You like to doodle? I like to doodle. We like to doodle. Look at us doodle. <laughs> here we go, guys. All right. <clears throat> we are doing basic Bible. And if you don't remember, we're generally genocing. Genocing? That's not even a word, but we're generally in Genesis. <laughs> in fact, we're specifically in Genesis. <laughs> it's what we've covered the entire year, but we're almost done. Yes? Today is the next to last chapter. Can you even believe that? We've spent an entire year going through the 50 chapters of the book of Genesis. I'm so excited. It's just such good stuff. Generally, Genesis, and uh, for those of you who don't know how this works, in segment number one, we do. Watch it. Here it comes. Eventually. There it is. Do the doodle. It's supposed to draw it out here, but evidently my my computer's got a glitch. <laughs> and so it just plopped it on there, but it's supposed to draw it, you see, with the pen going, <laughs> doing the doodle. All right. Here's what we're going to do here. What we're going to do is we're going to do the doodle, but first thing we're going to do is we're going to review what we've got so far. 36, 37, 38, 39. Here it goes. And then remember, all these had to do with the camel. The camel represents the brothers of Joseph, and they've got to go down to Egypt, back and forth, etc. Okay? All right, but now we're into chapter 39. <clears throat> you might recall last time in chapter 38, Jacob, Israel, he says, I'm about to die, and I want to see my favorite son. That would be Joseph. So Joseph comes with his boys, and in chapter 38, Joseph gets a special audience with his daddy, and his boys get a special audience with Jacob, and Jacob is going to bless the boys. That's chapter 38. Well, in chapter 39, Jacob's going to succumb. He's going to die, okay? But before he does that, Jacob is going to spend most of the chapter blessing his sons, telling them, this is what's going to happen to you in the future, or this is what I desire for you in life, that kind of thing. And so you've got, remember, this is a little icon that we've used for Jacob throughout, uh, or Israel, uh, the little chef. Remember way back in the day, he was a kind of a mama's boy, and he stayed in the tent, and he cooked and all that kind of stuff with mama. Well, then, here we're going to find him many years later. He's going to die. He's going to pass away. And we're going to actually bury him in a very famous cave, uh, the cave of Machpelah, in which you're going to find there's more than just Jacob and Leah. Uh, there's also Isaac and Rebekah and Abraham and Sarah. And so the, the, the big three, if you will, the patriarchal age, those guys are going to be buried in the same cave, the cave of Machpelah. But anyhow, in chapter 39, Jacob is going to die, and that whole cave thing, he's going to say towards the end of chapter, that's what he wants. I want to, I want to be buried there. But you can see how the 39 plays out there. I think that's a pretty good clue. That's going to be easy for you to remember. But just in case you are having problems, let us go ahead and get our... Doodle later and her doodle lady, and let's go ahead and see if we can do this, all right? <clears throat> now, again, I'm not very good. Gabriel is so good at this. We're just going to say that's a bowl, okay? It's got good stuff coming out of it. That's his hand. He's holding that bowl. See there? Okay, now, what we're going to do here is, I don't even know how this works, but uh, this is his other side, and then he's got a long coat on, evidently. I don't know why that is, but evidently that's supposed to be that way because Gabriel said so. And then you got the head up here, and then we got the fancy little crazy hat, right? Because he's a chef, right? You know, oh yeah, we need another arm here. Something coming over here like this. And what is he? Oh, he's got a he got a napkin or something over there. 
How's that? Is that any? That's not too bad. Anyhow, that's the one. And then you remember how we do the nine. Let's do it just one more time in case some folks are brand new. All right, you draw your nine. But then if you want to bubble it, make it big or, or whatever, then you, you, out, you go outside that and you kind of trace it like this. And then you take out the middle. That one was a little more complicated than I intended for it to be. But anyhow, you see how that works? And you got the nine. But the, the middle of the nine is supposed to be that tombstone. So go ahead and kind of go like this. All right. And then rip. You know what rip stands for? Rest in peace. Anyhow, there's your, see that you see the four and the nine, 49. So what's going to happen is... Jacob, you're going to die. All right, that's 49, <clears throat> and I'm going to put it right up here so that you can admire that throughout our time together. <laughs> All right, 49, Jacob blesses his sons, then he dies. We'll see the text here in just a moment. <clears throat> so if you're going to study for segment number one, there's five segments, I'd ask you to tell me what is the theme of chapter 49. You look in your brain and you remember the picture little arm there. It's a little funky. I'm going to erase that little tiny spot there. Does that look a little bit better? Not really. <laughs> Anyhow, 49. Jacob dies, but he blesses his sons first. Okay. Can you doodle the clue? Clearly you can because we done did. Let's be silly. A time to laugh, Ephesians 3 and 4. There is a time to laugh, and that time is right now. Why couldn't the astronaut book a hotel on the moon? Number one, I didn't know there's hotels on the moon. And number two, I didn't know that astronauts couldn't book them. But let's just go with it. Why couldn't the astronaut book a hotel on the moon? Well, clearly he could not book a hotel on the moon because the moon was full. <laughs> a full moon, get it? That's not bad. It's an easy one to remember. Not quite as funny as some of them, but sometimes easy, rememberable. It's better than not having anything at all. You know what I'm saying? There you go. All right. Segment number two. See this two? Came up here and there's that guy, and then he says stuff like make a memory. All right, what we do in segment number two is we try to take some stuff and stick it in the brain so it doesn't go nowhere. You know, it's going to stay right in there, all right? So in making a memory, we choose a verse from that particular chapter, and we try to memorize the verse. And I'm going to choose chapter 49, verse 33. When Jacob finished commanding his sons, he drew up his feet into the bed and breathed his last and was gathered to his people. You notice how I kind of read that choppy? Well, the reason is because if you'll take each line and say each line five times, then move on to the next line, by the time you get to the last line, you've almost got the thing memorized, all right? But if that doesn't work, you can always leave blanks, like I have done hitherway. Take these blanks and write it down. If you use the ESV, use whatever translation your mom and dad wants. But uh, go ahead and write it down. Put it on sticky notes or wherever, and then put it all over the house. Every time you pass it, the rule is you've got to be able to fill in all the blanks. And you can't leave that spot until you fill in all the blanks. What if you're on the way to the bathroom? <laughs> well, I would suggest that you memorize the verse if you're on the way to the bathroom and you can't leave until you've said the whole verse. You know what I'm saying? Because it could be an emergency. You see what I'm saying? Genesis chapter 49 and verse 33. Go ahead. Memorize that. Stick in the old gourd right there. You see it right there? Just stick it right in there. And it'll stick right in there. All right. 
So for segment number two in test preparation, uh, I would ask you these two questions. Why did Jacob, not why, what did Jacob do with his feet before dying? Did you see that? It's a little bit interesting. I didn't, I didn't point it out. No, I, no, you got to pay attention. Did you see it? You got to read it for yourself. What did he do with his feet before he died? <laughs> yeah. And can you quote the memory verse? Can you? I can't. <laughs> but you give me a little while, I'll say those five lines. You know what I'm saying? Leave blanks all over the place. And woo -hoo -hoo. Oh, yeah, even an old, old guy like Sonny Childs hanging from the ceiling up here. Even I can memorize. Yes, I can. <laughs> Let's be silly. Here's my dog friend. I just love you so much. We're coming to the end of the semester, which means I don't know how much longer I'll be able to enjoy our time together. But I'm sure glad that every time you come trotting out here in your fat little belly, and you say, oh, boy, 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 another silly. It's been good to be with you, man. All right, here we go. The silly for this fine day is about a pirate. <clears throat> What's a pirate's favorite letter? Now, I know what you're thinking to yourself. Some of you are thinking to yourself, Sonny, we've done this before. In fact, we've probably done this more than once before. But I happen to like this joke. It's another easy joke to remember. And sometimes the easy ones are very important if you're trying to have a conversation with somebody. And if you know it's kind of awkward and you're trying to figure out something in your brain to say, well, just pop this one out. What's a Pirate's favorite letter. Well, clearly a pirate's favorite letter is R. <laughs> and that's a cute little pirate over there, you got to admit. But it, uh, a pirate's favorite letter is R. R. mateys. <laughs> I could be a pirate. My mom tells me that actually in our distant genealogy, we actually had a pirate in our family. I'm not sure that's something to be proud of, but it is unique. <laughs> R. Okay, here we go. All right, segment number three. What we're going to have in segment number three is we're going to ponder a passage. See the little guy here sitting on the pond? Pass well, he's not sitting on the pond. He's sitting on the deck. <laughs> and he's humming. Hmm, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. Well, what is he wondering about? Well, wondering about this right here. Here's your little picture. Notice right there. See it? See? Did you see it appear? Isn't that cool? All right, we're going to allow us, our picture to stay here because notice it's not covering up our text yet. The moment where it covers it, it's gone. All right. In Genesis chapter 49, beginning of verse 28, all these are the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, if you read the previous context, he's, he's enumerated them, and he's given them blessings and talked to them, etc., up to this point. And then it says, this <clears throat> is what their father said to them as he blessed them, blessing each with the blessing suitable to him. Now, again, I didn't have space on the thing, so you're going to have to read back. It'll be a really good exercise for mom and dad, you know, a family devotional kind of a thing. Read back in the previous context, and he lists all of them, and he talks to them each individually. He says, this is about you, this is about you, and he makes some predictions about their future, that kind of a thing. But notice that the blessing is going to come to each that is suitable to him. And that means that uh, each person is going to get what, <clears throat> what Jacob or Israel believes is best for that person, or is, is most predictable about that particular person because of their traits in life or whatever. But that's your first question. Uh, he's going to bless them according to what is suitable for them. Then he commanded them, and he said to them, I am to be gathered to my people. <clears throat> Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite, in the cave that is in the field at Machpelah. That's east of Mamre in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought uh, with the field from Ephron the Hittite to possess it as a burying place. So we get a little bit of history here. Abraham, evidently back in the day, he buys this cave with the intentions of it being a burial place. And so being that it's a burial place, 
then we're going to find some really big names are going to actually be buried there over the years. As I already told you, Abraham and, and Sarah, they're the first two to get buried in there. And then Isaac and Rebekah, that would be Isaac is Abraham's son, as you remember. And then Isaac and Rebekah, they are going to give birth to uh, Jacob, right? And Jacob, who's the second born, but he's the favored uh, of God, Jacob is going to marry Leah, and they're going to be buried in that cave as well. But your question is, where is this cave? Well, it's in the field of Machpelah. There they buried, and this is what I just got done saying, there they buried Abraham and Sarah, so that's your first couple. That's one of the questions you're going to have. There they buried Isaac and Rebekah, that's your second couple. And there I buried Leah, I here is Jacob or Israel, and so that's your third couple that's going to be buried within that cave. So those are, those are your questions that you're going to have. Ah, uh, the field of the cave. When Jacob finished commanding his sons, he drew up his feet into the bed, breathed his last ones, gathered his people. That's the question about his feet. He put his feet up in bed, evidently laid back, and he died. And they're going to bury him then. They're going to carry his body back, and they're going to bury him in the cave of Machpelah. All right. So, <coughs> forgive me for my coughing. Segment number three questions are as follows. What type of blessing did Jacob give his sons, according to what they deserved? How did it say that? Man, you have to go back and read it. Uh, and then uh, Jacob instructed his sons to bury him where? Cave of Machpelah. Well, you got the rest of them. See there? And so you get those in your head. There's only 10 questions on the final test. But get those in your head, and guess what's going to happen? They're going to be in your head. See what I'm saying? They're right there in your head. <laughs> All right. All right. By way of silliness, what do you get when you cross a centipede? With a parent. Now that sounds like some kind of weird something or other. You got to see, you know, a centipede. A centipede has all those little feet, right? Like a long worm with a bunch of feet. And you know what a parrot is, because a parrot, you know, it talks or mimics what you're saying, that kind of thing. So take a centipede, cross it with a parrot. What kind of weird animal do you got? Well, I'm going to tell you what you got. You clearly got a walkie-talkie. Because <laughs> he got so many feet, you know, so he's walking. And a parrot is talking, so he's a walkie Okay, I gotta get a drink. While you laugh, I know you're still laughing, so just go ahead, carry on. All right, stop laughing. We gotta move on. All right, in segment number four, we are going to do something really special. I call it the doing, doing, doing. No, I don't call it the doing, doing. I call it the apply the why. It's really my favorite part of the entire time together and due to Bible school because this is when we ask ourselves the question. Why do we need to even study chapter 49 of the book of Genesis? Is there anything special in that that would touch my heart, make me a better person? Well, you know there is because that's right out the Bible. And here's one of the things I thought in chapter 49 was really special and would change you and make you a better person. Notice that it says he's going to bless them each with the blessing that's suitable to him. So he's going to speak to each of his children individually. And he's going to say things to some of the stuff that he says isn't really very nice, honestly. He's going to predict that you've shown me in life that you're this kind of ordinary person, and you, guess what? You're going to have that follow through the rest of your life. Some of the stuff he says is just kind of brutal. But what he does in the blessing is he presents his vision of what's going to happen for them, with them, in the future. In what ways are you different from your siblings or, or your cousins? If you, do you have a brother and sister? Do you have cousins, you know, that are more close friends? What ways are you different? Or maybe you're more quiet or, or loud. Uh, what ways are you different? 
Well, you see, Jacob had all these boys, and they were different. They were unique. And so when he gives them the blessing at the end of his life, he speaks to their uniquenesses. Here's the question you're going to have to answer on your test, though. If you were to receive a blessing from your grandparent, what do you think they would say? Now, in this situation, it's not a grandparent. It's the dad to the child. But I wanted you to kind of picture an older person in your mind, because that's kind of what's happening here, okay? An older person looking at you. So let's go with a grandparent, maybe a grandpa. And he looks at you, and he sees what qualities in your life. Perhaps in the years that you have been alive, he could recognize that you got a temper. Or maybe you're somebody who's very caring and you help people. Whatever. What would he say as kind of a prediction of how your life is going to turn out? Or what he would like to have happen as far as your life is, is concerned? If you were to receive a blessing from your grandparent, what do you think they would say about you? That's your question. Well, I'll prove it to you because I mean, I'm telling you it is because I made this up myself. Chad, here's your segment four. What did I tell you? If you were to receive a blessing from your grandparent, what do you think they would say? I told you. That's going to be on your test. That's why it's called test prep. Prep means prepare. I'm giving you these questions ahead of time so that you can prepare for the big test. <laughs> Let's be silly. Now, here's our buddy. I don't know how long we're going to keep you around either because, you know, I, I think I've kept you around for two semesters now, and you have not smiled one time. You need an attitude adjustment. Somebody needs to comb your hair because it looks it's everywhere. You know what I'm saying? And you need to learn to smile. Why are robots never afraid? I've never met a robot that was afraid, ever. Never once have I met a robot that's afraid. You know why robots are never afraid? Because, <laughs> cutting away, they have nerves of steel. <laughs> I like that little robot there. Yet he's got nerves that he's made of steel. Everything in him is steel or plastic or something. That's why they're never afraid, because their nerves, they got nerves of steel. <laughs> made me cough. Oh, dear. All right. Segment number five. You've got to love it like this lady loves it. Segment number five is when we draw ourselves into a position of, let's test. Let's just go right to the final test. Put it right up here in front of everybody so you can see it, and then you can know what's on the final test. So there you go. Test number four. Oh, dear. Our picture's in the way. See you, buddy. Had to drop him out of there. There you go. There's your test questions. You got them. Look at them. There they are. They're, I mean, they're right there. All you got to do is take a screenshot of that, and you'll have them. And then you'll know what's on the final. That is the final test. Right here. It's the test that's in the finalness. Did you get it? I love you guys. I'm so thankful that you're with me each time. Hope you're learning a lot. Sonny Childs. That's me saying, be there. That's to you. Be there. Matthew 16, 26.